You're now listening to The Nest on Tap, conversations to encourage parents to make informed choices about healthcare and to embrace parenting as a tool to change the world, one diaper at a time. Here's your host, Katie Demota. Today we're sitting with Jaway. Jaway Chen Graf is a naturopath and a clinical herbalist with a special interest. Ah, special interest in herbs, nutrition, and homeopathy. Jawe graduated from Southern Cross University in Australia with a Bachelor of Science in Naturopathy in 2008. She specializes in women's and children's health in her practice. She's a mother of three beautiful children. Jawe is passionate about connecting plants and people. Her goal is to empower people to use natural medicines through her consultations, classes, and writing. In 2018, she became the owner of Remedy Garden, an herbal apothecary in downtown Nevada City, where she continues to learn and share about holistic medicine. Welcome back to the Nest, Jaway. We're always delighted when you join us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) So I thought as we're entering into our typical cold and flu season here, I thought it might be a good idea to chat more with you about some of your basic recommendations for little ones specifically. Um, Those who are joining us today and hopefully those who'll be listening, um, our folks generally have babies and all the way through the first, you know, probably five years. um, So children five and under. And just for liability's sake, if you are listening and caring for a baby or young child who's not well, please reach out to your care provider or speak with Jawe directly for support. Today's conversation is meant to highlight Jawe's work and share some basic tips with us. And we'll definitely share her contact info so you can get in touch with her for one-on-one care. So Jawe, I thought maybe we could start with, as the seasons change, what can we start to think about? Maybe we could think about lifestyle practices. Maybe we could think about diet and nutrition, and then maybe some ideas for additional immune support, support for the body. Totally. Yeah, we've definitely felt the shift the last couple of days. Um, <laughs> after a really hot summer, suddenly it's cold. And one of the first things I do is make sure my kids are warm, wrapped up Mm -hmm. if they're going to school. So the neck, you know, and the Mm -hmm. kidneys, like long, um, long t-shirts and singlets that can be tucked in to cover that back area and also the neck and the head. So keeping warm on that level is really vital to stop the wind from coming in and um, causing people to catch colds. Um, So that's (laughs) number one. Number two is probably... Eating well, that's always the case, but moving towards um, the colder months, we want to see warming foods like soups and stews and oatmeal, like not so much the salads and raw fruits Mm -hmm. and juices that we've been eating during the summer. So warming foods, warm drinks, hot drinks, um, try to stay away from cold and raw Mm -hmm. at this time. what else would I say? Oh, sleep. Sleep actually is really important for the immune system. Um, getting a good night's sleep. And I know that's really hard for you moms, you new moms out there. It's broken sleep all the way for the first year or two. So if you can, though, try and get, you know, good quality sleep. 
uh, or have a nap if you need to. And also for the kids, um, if they're going to school, they need to go to bed early um, and get their, you know, I think it's like, depending how old they are, but at least 10, you know, 10 hours and plus. Yeah. Right. Well, I also think the beauty of this season is as it gets darker earlier, right, it kind of gives us a little bit more of that welcoming into the bed and more time to be cozy. Yes, I did notice it's like dark at seven yeah. o'clock now. <laughs> so, so yeah, so definitely sleep is really huge for the immune system, diet and just keeping warm and warm foods. So they're the kind of lifestyle things that I would suggest, um, okay. which are pretty common sense. But yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> now, a lot of the moms here today are breastfeeding and maybe babies haven't. Some of the babies here today with us are just starting to eat solid foods. And some of these are breastfeeding moms. Can you think of, is there any specific recommendations that might be helpful to those folks when you say warming foods? Yeah, like for uh, breastfeeding moms, everything you eat goes through to the breast milk to the baby, as you know. So um, obviously things that won't upset the baby's digestion, but things like oatmeal, that's really good for lactation as well. Um, yeah, just anything nourishing, stews, protein. Um, yeah, just healthy vegetables. Um, yeah, I remember. For kids that are just starting to eat, don't you do a class on that? I well? do. It's happening on Saturday. <laughs> hey, sorry, we'll, we'll defer to you. For <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I was really impressed how my baby would eat like bone broth, like just straight bone broth. And we could give it to him on a little cup and he'd drink that or even putting um, some vegetables really stewed like carrots and potatoes in there. And he thought that was great. I was really surprised. Yeah, well, bone broth is very nutritious, has all the collagen and good proteins like the amino acids in there. And it doesn't really taste like much. So I guess mm -hmm. it's a good warming. That's right. Bone broth is perfect. And if you want, you can add herbs to the bone broth. Um, yeah, for those folks who don't know what that might look like, what kind of herbs would you add for uh, well, one of the questions um, that you emailed me was what adaptogens are good for breastfeeding mothers? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking like adaptogens are generally tonics that help your body cope with stress and, mm -hmm. um, and they're usually safe to be taken um, as, and they're mostly good as like a kind of food. So that's really a perfect vehicle is like a bone broth or a broth. Mm -hmm with the herbs decocted in there. And one of the main ones for winter, I would say for immune system is astragalus. Um, astragalus is a Chinese herb and it looks like those little tongue depressors, you know? Hey, yeah. I don't have any here because I'm actually, <laughs> I was late and I'm not at the shop, but um, they look like little tongue depressors and uh, Chinese, um, in Chinese herbal medicine, that's in a lot of the, the Mm -hmm. um soups and broths that they make there yeah. and did i hear correctly correct me if i'm wrong but i heard recently that astragalus should not be consumed if you have a fever is that true there is yeah there is a um in chinese medicine there is a thing that you can tonify the fever mm. so if you're actually acutely sick then you should maybe back off, not take the astragalus, but it's really good as preventative. It's mm -hmm. kind of like a warming shield. It's a very warm herb. So it'll, um, 
it's like a shield against like the elements coming in and helps boost immunity. But during illness, you should probably not take astragalus. And okay. yeah, so, and then the other adaptogens, there's actually a lot of adaptogens you can take while breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. um, Tulsi is a nice gentle mm -hmm. one. Um, that's holy basil mm -hmm. and that's easily taken as a tea and that can it's full of like antioxidants it's antimicrobial it helps with stress uplifts mm -hmm. mood but it's very gentle so mm -hmm. it's kind of like food like um right. and not a problem um ashwagandha is another huge one mm -hmm. for, for breastfeeding mothers yeah and except I, if you're allergic to nightshades or you have thyroid is that know, what it is yeah yeah it's in the nightshade family so okay yeah a lot of people yeah don't do well on ashwagandha but a lot of people do so right but it is safe for breastfeeding i remember looking into that when i was breastfeeding it kept everyone everywhere you should take ashwagandha 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 everybody yeah. was saying that and i remember seeing somewhere that there was some hesitation with breast for breastfeeding moms. So you would say it's totally safe for breastfeeding moms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Safe, yeah. I would say it's safe unless specifically you have an issue with, right. you know, nightshades or thyroid or thyroid. yeah. So actually the main concern is when you're pregnant to not take a lot of adaptogens, but breastfeeding, it's kind of become safer. You probably shouldn't take the stronger ones like Chinese ginseng, Panax, you know, um, it's too stimulating and but then certain like ashwagandha is also known as Indian ginseng and that's pretty that's safe um, and it's calming it's not too stimulating and Siberian ginseng for energy eleuthero is also okay it's not really a ginseng um, so yeah eleuthero is safe um, yeah rhodiola as well for like but not if you have um, bipolar so that can send you on the manic stage so yeah it's very individual too so it's probably best to consult with a herbalist but you know the gentle ones ashwagandha tulsi reishi astragalus um maca also can be helpful for energy and it also increases breast milk and shatavari really? yeah okay. yes. shatavari as well which is in one of our breastfeeding tea blends yeah. it balances hormones postpartum and it is a galactagogue so it does increase Breast milk. Slightly. It's a powerful girl. <laughs> it's a strong one. <laughs> Shatavari? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beware if you make too much milk, beware of that one. Oh, exactly. You don't want just want to stimulate milk yeah. if you don't need to. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, you mentioned reishi, reishi, and I get asked that sometimes. Can you clarify for us or answer? Is reishi mushrooms, is that okay for babies? children to take themselves like or just to put in tea or broth sometimes people are putting that in their bone broth and yeah. i yeah i would to say ask it's you. like a food you know mm -hmm. so if your baby can eat mushrooms and then so probably from what one year or six months to one year or whenever they can start taking food mm -hmm. then yeah reishi is fine for children yeah in the broth so that might be a good immune support to add then for your winter broth for babies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. I think of those medicinal mushrooms more like a food, you know, and if you add them, especially if you're not taking it in a very concentrated okay. supplement and you're just throwing the dried reishi into a bone broth or the straggler slices mm -hmm. or then, yeah, then she's like taking shiitake mushroom broth. 
you could throw shiitake. shiitake is a good one actually for immune system and it's a food you know great yeah for those parents who maybe aren't as confident to go and put herbs into say their foods their broths is do you recommend or is there even something out there that's already done for you something that's curated it's already you know uh, ready to go like a mix or something oh, yeah. into a broth yeah. yeah we carry a local company bloom and brew broth oh, yeah. packets mm -hmm. and they have like a postpartum one for new mothers called Kuan Yin mother and then they have like immunity and uh, myco allies they have a whole range that they're already pre-blended and you throw that into your bone broth and... I think that's a nest mom's company oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great Perfect. Yeah. So that's yeah, I know that I have these ideas of what I want to do, but then when I get to the kitchen, I'm like, is this okay? So I think having something already ready to go can. Yeah. Can yeah. And then your herbal teas, you know, are always mm -hmm. handy too, like your um, nettles and nutritious. Yeah. Um, right. Tea blends are also good. And especially for, if we're talking about children, um, that have fevers, for example, there's like some simple herbs that you can make a tea for your child from six months and up. Um, oh, okay. Well, let's talk about that because I know people yeah. would love to know. Yeah. Uh, we talk a lot about fevers in our group. Um, sharing what I know, I just feel like there's, as a new mom, I just feel like there wasn't enough information on how to care, how to support the body in a fever. So I talk a lot about that with my families. Especially given our experience, my son was super sensitive. Uh, so, what would you say? Uh, well, I mean, we a fever. Do? A fever is not an actual illness, as per okay. se. It's not like a disease that, that needs to be suppressed necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's actually the body's response to a pathogen. So, mm -hmm. say, some your baby or child gets a cold or a virus, they might have a fever as a response, and that actually raises the body temperature um, to help fight the the pathogen. Mm -hmm. So. You know, from a naturopathic view, you try not to suppress a fever unless it gets like super, super, you know, high, which in which case then you would be concerned and probably take your child to the doctor or a healthcare mm -hmm. provider. Mm -hmm. But in general, most fevers can be treated, you know, at home and just keep an eye on hydration, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but the herbs that I would recommend for children is like elderflower, because mm -hmm. that is a diaphoretic, which okay. means it helps the... Um, pores and circulation open up and helps you sweat out the fever mm. so mm -hmm. it's a dive yeah so it helps you sweat basically linden is another one yes. which is a beautiful herb i love mm -hmm. it it tastes great and it's really good for children um it's so linden is one that i would use in a fever mm -hmm. um also peppermint a little mm. bit peppermint and a little bit of yarrow and catnip i actually have like a a formula for kids it's uh children's fever tea mm -hmm. and i can read that out to you it's like one part of elderflowers one part of linden flowers um one part peppermint flowers half a part of catnip and half a part of yarrow so that's a really nice blend and good for kids tastes good and you can add if your child's over one you can add honey to sweeten it so they can you know right. get it down and it's good to drink warm or hot so that they can sweat that out yeah. Also, we talk a lot about just warm liquids in general. I think one of the ways we get sideways, I don't know if you agree in this culture, is we tend to think cooling. We tend to want to cool 
bodies yeah. with fever, but the opposite is actually helpful, right? So warm. Yes, liquids. warm to spread, yeah, to help your body get sweated out. And then that will naturally bring the fever down mm-hmm. without using Tylenol or one of those mm-hmm. yeah, other drugs that, yeah. And then the other thing um, that you can do easily is just give them a sponge bath or use a cloth, you know, to just kind of bring that temperature down like a, a mm. wet washcloth on the forehead or a sponge, sponge mm. bath. Yeah, a tepid bath. So that's what I often do. I'm going to add something there though, Joey. So I share with the families and this is why I do it because I took that advice with my 13 month old and he started having a febrile seizure. And I learned, I know I learned that if we use the cooling, like a bath or or a towel, we actually can spike the body temperature. Mm -hmm. This was so new to me. And I was like, how come no one talks about this? Uh And I learned a lot. And so I just want to say that while some bodies can handle that, I've learned that some bodies, it actually triggers a spike and that's actually what happens. And so just to say that. Well, yeah, this is- I actually have never given my kids a bath. I'll just put a, a washcloth yeah. on their forehead. I think the bath is, yeah, it could spike that. Clearly, yeah. it was like <laughs> the wrong thing to do. Um, yeah. What do you think, though, about like a hot water bottle at the belly? Yeah, that could be helpful. Pull, yeah. Pulling yeah. it down from the yeah. head. Yeah, that could totally work. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, definitely teas and hydration and those. Yeah. Things. Yeah. And again, so for the parents who are like, I've never used herbs. There's, I don't know what I'm doing. Can they come to Remedy Garden and pick up a fever tea from you and yeah. get more information about that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. We should make, have one on hand. I'll probably make that one on hand now that we're going well, to cold. Tis the season, Jawei, tis yeah. the season. <laughs> well, the other um, thing that I recommend for kids that are coming down with a sniffle is echinacea yeah uh-huh. and, and for breastfeeding mothers that's safe yeah, yeah. And, and for pregnancy so echinacea is a great herb um usually it's mostly the root that is used right and um you could have that in a tea you know boil it down uh-huh. we have several teas there that have elderberry and echinacea which ah. i find is a really good combination um, because elderberry, as you'll probably know, is antiviral and it helps, you know, um, stop the viral replication in mm-hmm. cells with this protein that it has called S-agglutinin and it tastes great. So it's like really kid-friendly. Kids mm-hmm. like will, will line up to get it like elderberry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, elderberry is number one, probably for kids, cold and flu. Um, and echinacea is a good com- accompaniment to that. Yeah. Now, can you give those on a daily, like for like a daily immune support, or would you recommend just using that when children are symptomatic? I would say with the elderberry, you could give them a small, you know, a dose, like not a high dose, but just Mm -hmm. as a preventative as well as they're going off to school. But with the echinacea, you, I tend to use it when I, at the first sign Mm -hmm. of something like at the first, Oh, I've got a scratchy throat. Oh, they look a little, you know, like starting to get, a, you know, just the beginning, the very beginning. And then you hit it with the echinacea and the elderberry together. And that often like stops it either will stop 
the cold from developing or just shorten its duration. But I just wouldn't go and take it preventatively all the time. But the elderberry is fine. You could like give them a gummy a day, a teaspoon, depending how big um, your child, because elderberry for me is kind of like a food as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's a berry, you know. Right. And we should mention that elderberry syrup is often made with honey. It is, yes. So for children under one, maybe you can make an elderberry tea. Um, or there's some, I don't know, maybe some companies use sugar, which isn't the best, but it also, if you don't want to have the honey to make the syrup, <laughs> yeah, you could use that. Right. Or you could, some people make it with a maple syrup. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So where would you recommend folks pick these things up? Is this something you have? there uh, yeah we okay. have elderberries um we have an elderberry syrup kit as well ah, that you can make at home perfect. like it's all the spices and everything ready and instructions mm -hmm. um our elderberry elixirs have alcohol in them mm -hmm. to preserve them a bit so they have 30 percent alcohol 25 percent alcohol but there's mm -hmm. very very potent um but some kids are like ah so yeah it's good to it's something you can make at home pretty easily mm -hmm. and we have several teas yeah and it smells super good. I just want to say, as you're making it, it makes your whole house smell good. It's nice and warming. There's some <laughs> lovely cinnamon and cloves. So it kind of yeah. gets you into the season. Again, I was a little nervous, but I think when Joaquin was one, I started, I, I got hip to the Nevada County elderberry syrup tip. Yes, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I can do this. Yeah, it's really not child, so hard. Yeah. When my child was in preschool, she was coming home every time yeah. with like a sniffle. And then I started giving her like an elderberry syrup dose every day and that stopped um yeah. it was amazing yeah and then I've made the gummies they love the gummies so yes tell us more about the gummies because well it's just great. Uh, it's if you go to our Instagram feed the recipes on there if you go back a few posts um and I think I sent it out in the newsletter but I'll probably make another post um but it's basically make elderberry syrup you can use your kit or any recipe you know mm -hmm. and then you can omit honey if your child is under, you know, one and you use the Great Lakes gelatin, the red can, and that just turns it into gummies. You put it, pour it into chocolate molds and you store it in the fridge and it has to be eaten within like two weeks or so though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are a big hit gelatin gummies and you can buy molds. We have like Lego molds. We have bears and hearts and dinosaurs. I mean, you can get really fun with those. Gelatins. Yeah. And that's an easy way, but syrup is also easy too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think also starting young is key so that they're more interested in having these things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. We do have like a elderberry echinacea blend called guardian angel that is elderberry yeah. with echinacea tincture so that's what i give my kids at the first sign even the adults mm -hmm. so but that does have a little bit of alcohol so yeah yeah. <laughs> so, okay. yeah but yeah so definitely elderberry and then obviously the hot drinks like have you ever had the lemon ginger oh yes yeah oh yes you can add garlic but the kids don't like the garlic but lemon mm -hmm. ginger honey it's a great one. Um, simple to do at home. Fresh ginger, squeeze lemon juice, decoct the ginger, and then add the honey. Um, that's a great one. Um, yes. And everyone has that, you know. Right. That's super simple and accessible. You can make any time at home. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I started doing was I started juicing ginger and lemon and then making, putting them in um, ice cube trays. Oh. I thought oh. that, that helps me. And then I don't have to 
do a whole lot in the moment. I can just pop out those little ice cube trays and put that with some hot water. Yes, that's smart. Yeah, Joey, I'm into the hacks, Joey. I'm into the hacks. <laughs> <laughs> that's really smart. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing when your child is ill, what I found, um, like if they have a respiratory thing, is to make sure, especially in the winter, is to make sure there's enough humidity in your yeah. bedroom where they sleep. Um, and I have my humidifier going now, from now yeah. all through winter, because we have heating in the house that dries mm -hmm. out the air. Mm -hmm. And actually, um, humidity helps prevent viruses and things from taking hold. Yeah. Yes, I heard that. I thought that's a simple thing we could all do. Yeah, just have like a humidifier on in the winter. Um, it really helps. Is there, are there any risks for having the humidifier? Sometimes I hear people nervous about having a humidifier for mold or too much moisture. Any, any thoughts on that or no, that's not. Um, I have not encountered that, but I guess if you have a moldy, damp house. Yeah, damp then, house. I haven't either. We use a humidifier most of the time. Yeah, it's just our dry, our heater just dries out the air so much in the winter that it just, yeah. And, and I can already hear the question, Jaway. Is it a warm humidifier or cold <laughs> humidifier? Um, I just have the cold one. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's too much effort for the hot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The goal is the moisture. It's not so much about the hot or the cold. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, I just have like a machine that I fill up and turn it on every night. So yeah. Um, the other thing is um, chest rub, you know, mm -hmm. like you can get like the kids ones that aren't Vicks, you know, but similar right. with the eucalyptus oil and things like for when mm -hmm. they have a cough that can be helpful. Right. So we were just talking about that this week in our group oh, okay. and eucalyptus oil is very stimulating for little kids. Oh. So just to add that in there, yes. um, some kids can would be a very alert if you uh -huh. use. <laughs> oh, right. For them to sleep. Yeah. So well, if you're sleeping with eucalyptus oil, that could be a problem. Yeah. Well, you could try lavender then in that yeah. case for his simple time because yeah, rosemary is also stimulating and they can right. be very alert. Yeah. Yes. I made that mistake. <laughs> you have made that mistake with eucalyptus. Yeah. I guess. Uh, my, yeah. I guess my kids weren't that sensitive to, yeah. It well, sounds like, yeah. Clearly mine is very sensitive. He started doing like somersaults on the bed when I put oh in the middle of the night and I was like, what is going on? And then Trish, <laughs> Trish McPhee, if you knew her, remember yeah. her, she's moved away now, but she's like, oh, it's the eucalyptus. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah peppermint can do the same and rosemary is like for focus and concentration so you're ah, like wow. oh no okay <laughs> stick to the, <laughs> to the lavender or just make it very mild I think did you make right. it very strong I didn't make it right so oh. I'm using whatever was pre-made and oh. put it on there and thought okay okay no it's no. <laughs> not gonna work for you yeah okay yeah so for non-sensitive children or older babies, the eucalyptus yeah. chest rub is great. Yeah, or okay. peppermint or thyme okay. or hyssop or any of those essential oils that can loosen the lung congestion. And older children, the steams are good. Yeah. If you don't want to use essential oils, you can, it's actually, you can put like eucalyptus leaves in a bowl of boiling steam, but you need to be an older child to yeah. do that. Otherwise they can get burned, yeah. Right, uh, Trish, speaking of her, she would say you could, this was cool with the steams with little kids. You can get under a table together oh. 
and put a tablecloth, like make it a little fort and sit in there in this little steam tent. Like we're talking like a toddler, right? Two, three year old. And they can breathe in the steam in that way where it's not so, um, you know, not safe for the burn. So yeah. Yeah. Or in the shower, if you're in the Uh, shower, put a couple of drops on the shower floor and then kind of breathe in the steam that way yeah but my older kids they're good at like putting the towel over their head and Mm -hmm. breathe in the bowl yeah (laughs) yeah because it's so helpful yeah it really does loosen the congestion yeah Mm -hmm. there any other questions about well uh, I had a question about what about I don't think we did this yet but what about the flus that come with the belly upset Oh yeah, the noroviruses. Yeah, I think yeah, any of that going around. Somebody has just um, called me and said, "Oh, all my kids have this belly upset," and yeah, that goes around. Um, and that elderberry is also good because it's antiviral. So you okay. can take, yeah, you could take the elderberry for that. Um, I find that homeopathy can be really helpful there for the different kinds of noroviruses, and that really depends on what symptoms. Mm-hmm. child is having so it's good to get individualized care for that mm-hmm. but like a, a general you know my a go-to could be like arsenicum mm-hmm. um, but that's not for everyone that's for like if the child is really restless and anxious and there's like they're chilly mm-hmm. um, if a child has the norovirus and is very clingy and weepy and wants to be held then that might be pulsatilla so that you can't really have oh this is the homeopathic remedy for norovirus it just really depends on how the child is responding mm-hmm. I just want you to know I read your article I think I don't know four years ago when there was a big norovirus going around the big strain and it was everyone was sick and you gave me so much hope because you mentioned that how helpful homeopathy is so I went out and I made sure I had those remedies you recommended <laughs> and Jawi, I was like, okay, but if he does get it, there's, there's these remedies that can actually, you were sharing a story about one of your daughters who you gave it and it pre- prevented. Like she had had exposure. She maybe had a couple symptoms. You treated her with homeopathy and she skipped the whole thing. And Jawi, I just want you to know, you gave me so much hope there. I was like, this oh. is great to know. Right. Yeah. I've definitely helped a few families with that when that norovirus was going around and yeah, yeah it's, um, it's a pretty miraculous how it can yeah. help. Yes. So call Jaway for help. <laughs> well, it's very, um, and it's very safe homeopathy. Right. It's not going to, yeah. So it's great for, um, the babies, you know, and mm-hmm. really, that aren't eating yet and new moms. Yeah. So. And how this we we yeah. debate this a little bit in group. How do you recommend giving homeopathy to babies? Oh, I would put it in water for sure. Okay. And yeah. then liquid doses. So you and put they just up. get a drop. Yeah. Droppers or if they can take a spoon, you know, so that's definitely the best way. Um, okay. Babies. Yeah. You Great. can crush up the pileals and then dilute it in, you know, water, clean water. And then, yeah, droppers or yeah. And my understanding is that one sip is a dose. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The dosage gets complicated because <laughs> you could take one sip is one dose and you could take 10 sips. That's 10 doses, but it's the same amount of water, you know, it's right. Or you could take like, you know, the pills. you could take one pill. It's the same as taking 10 pills. Right. Um, or the whole bottle in one go is one dose. It's, it's like so confusing. How- it's how often you repeat. Right. Okay. 
Yeah. That's helpful. Um, and I have just want to add that I successfully, based on your inspiration, I uh, used some homeopathy with some support with a homeopath uh, for food poisoning. And I just want you to know it was so effective. It was so fast. Yeah. Everything stopped. And I was like, oh, that was so great. So yes. um, reach out yeah. to Jawe or your homeopath if for belly stuff for sure yeah the home yeah the food poisoning probably yeah it's incredible how quickly it can oh. be, yeah it was crazy <laughs> yeah I was very impressed obviously awesome um those were my yeah. questions let's open okay. it up to the folks here um anyone anyone here who's joining us have questions for Jaway? things we did not cover or if you want to go back onto anything that we did cover for for further clarification and colleen we are going to share the instagram Jaway's instagram will be shared and her website and contact information will be shared um in the notes we'll send everyone an email with the recording as well as will be stored on our website where this podcast will live Okay, and I can uh, share that yeah. um, Eva recipe um, and some other kid-friendly recipes. So there's also we didn't talk about coughs, but there's oh, yes. a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of herbs that can be used for cough. You know, for children, and the, one of the best is like marshmallow root mm -hmm. if it's a dry cough. Um, it's a demulcent marshmallow, so it means it coats and soothes mm -hmm. the inflamed tissue. You know, when you have a dry cough, you, it's mm -hmm. kind of like irritated the, the bronchioles and the lung right. tissue. So that's a great one for kids. Um, licorice, too, is sweet tasting and demulcent, but not too much, but it's nice for kids. Um, so, for example, one a dry cough tea recipe could be like a teaspoon of licorice, marshmallow, aniseed, and cinnamon, and then simmer that with 16 ounces of cold water, and then strain and sweeten, and that tastes good, and it's great for kids. So I'll share that recipe too with you so you can put it up. Um, and then there's like a, a, a recipe for wet coughs, um, mm. which would be, you'd be using more expectorant herbs. Mm -hmm. So the expectorant herbs are the ones that like move the mucus out and dislodge mm -hmm. it and help it move. Um, so mullen, um, thyme is excellent, you know, for all kinds of chest things and it's antimicrobial and it's expectorant. Aniseed is one of my favorites for kids and not many people know, but aniseed mm -hmm. is um, an expectorant and really good cough remedy, huh. antispasmodic and it just, you know, helps move mucus mm. and it tastes, tastes good, kind of tastes like licorice. Um, well, I wish I had known yeah <laughs> and plantain leaves also is something that's like helpful um and then you can make your own syrups as well um using some of those herbs but i guess we'll save that for another time we'll make like how to make your own syrups yeah, yeah that would be great Jai yeah. Wei, maybe we can have you back in a couple yeah. of months to talk more about that i have never done that i would definitely oh. be interested yes yeah, we definitely um, at Remedy, we were doing a making plant medicine. So one of the ones was making syrups. Um, but since COVID, we haven't done any of the live classes and I haven't really moved on to Zoom yet, but uh -huh. I'm considering it for next year. <laughs> well, we're happy to host you here, Jawe, anytime you want to do a class. Maybe that's what we should do is not instead of a podcast, have an actual class where well, you can come and share yeah. your wisdom about some of these things. I know the parents would be really excited to learn more. 
Yeah, that would See, be please we, could host make, we could make elderberry syrup. Or we could make syrup much. together. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, um, I'm going to write that down as an idea. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you better do that in the winter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> necessary. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other, the final thing um, that I would say about children and getting sick and getting better is actually taking the time to fully recover. Yes. So that's, you know, um, my herb teacher was always saying that like the art of convalescence is yes. forgotten yes. and we're always like, if people are sick, if our kids get sick and they've had the fever, we don't send them to school the next day, even if they're feeling better, mm-hmm. we let them have time to be really rested and like maybe a few days, you know, up to a week before we send them back out in the world because your body needs time to to really heal and not just like soldier on. And then, cause if you do that and you're not fully rested and recovered, you're likely to relapse and get sick again. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for mentioning that. I agree. I agree with your mentor <laughs> that the, the art of convalescing has definitely been lost and I'd love to encourage parents to reclaim that. And I do think we're in such this mindset of, well, you're better. So you should go back and there's this time needed. And I've watched my own and others around me, these kids just really enjoy some of this downtime. Yeah. Yeah. And have time to just, yeah. Although we've had a lot of that downtime. Yeah. Well, recently more than ever. Yes. But before, (laughs) before it was kind of novel. It was like, oh, we're just going to be here in our bodies. So thank you for that. It looks like we have a question. Okay. Theo or Helen? Hey, thanks or for the, all the medicine and Jawe and Katie Hi. for hosting this. Um, feels empowering. Thank and you. And I'm wondering about homeopathy. I'm kind of, to me, it's like a faith or spiritual medicine. And if, like, in your opinion, if I don't believe in it, do you think it could still be helpful for my child in your estimation? Totally. Yeah. Yes, because it works on animals and pets that don't necessarily believe in it but it works so even if you don't believe in it um it could definitely help improve symptoms yeah it's definitely i mean you could think it's just placebo effect so that then it only works if you believe in that it's going to work but i've seen it work on babies that have no you know um they're not thinking about it and animals too so yeah i think it could work even if you don't believe in it (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Thanks, Theo. Yeah, it works so well on babies and toddlers. I've been impressed. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it really depends like on getting the right remedy. Similimum, um, right. which is like uh, the, the remedy most similar to the symptoms that the person, then it matches on that energetic level and it inspires your own vital force to heal. So that's how it works. It's kind of like, it's not a faith medicine. It's more a vibrational medicine. Like acupuncture works similar way. It stimulates that, you know, your own vital force to heal and same with flower essences. It's can be sound a little woo woo, but I've just seen it work. So I know time and time again. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Especially for little ones where you don't want to, um, maybe you're worried about risks of certain medications or treatments or options. I don't know. There is no risk in my, then my experience or my understanding is, do you agree to that? There's no risk. Um, there's very or, little 
low risk. Yeah. Very low risk compared to even your Tylenol, which a lot of people don't realize is liver toxic, you know, and can actually be way more harmful, but it's so easily available. And (laughs) yeah, so it's very low risk. It's more, it's lower risk than herbs even. Um, But there is a risk, which is um, a healing crisis or an aggravation of old Mm -hmm. symptoms or an aggravation of symptoms, but it's definitely low, low, low on the risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and since we're talking about homeopathy, I was, <laughs> I was misinformed as a parent. I was using herbs and homeopathy and all kinds of things together in like an acute situation, and my homeopath homeopath said, "Did you know that you can like undo the work?" So it is kind of important to use things without mixing other things in. Is that right? Yeah, it, I have that right. Yeah, it can be um, because you can't really see what's going on. You don't know what's working with what. And for example, homeopathic remedies are sensitive to certain herbs right. like eucalyptus and right. peppermint, and you know, so that you can antidote camphor. You know, one of my clients, I had to antidote her remedy, and I was like, sniff some, you know, camphor tea tree oil, <laughs> and that can antidote the remedy. So yes, there is something to be said of not doing everything all at once. <laughs> which you just sometimes you're desperate and you just want to I know slow down (laughs) one thing at a time you know simple sometimes is best yeah right we have a question if you wouldn't mind going back to the purpose of convalescing and why you would wait before sending your children back to school you mentioned it but maybe just one more time for this curious Um, basically when you've been ill, your vital force has been fighting off that illness and it needs time to really like replenish and restore so that you have the full, you know, have you ever been ill and you've been tired for like quite some time afterwards because your body's been fighting that pathogen or whatever off and it's been using all its extra energy to do that so you need time to like it's like kind of like filling up your fuel tank again before you can be at full strength and your vital force is like strong again so you can go out into the world and be at full power so if you go out at half power before you're fully filled up with you know um, vital force then you're likely to get a recurrent illness or get sick again because you're not fully um, recovered, I guess. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Thanks for clarifying, Toei. Yeah. Uh, We have one last question, or I think one last. If anyone else has another question, you're welcome to unmute or chat. This question is suggestions for migraines. Um, And this is a mama who I know is breastfeeding and is pregnant. Okay. So maybe we can answer it in two parts. Pregnancy, ideas for pregnancy, and maybe ideas for breastfeeding mom. Well, the problem with migraines, we don't know what's the cause of the Mm -hmm. migraine and it could be a hormonal cause or it depends on what's causing Mm -hmm. um, the migraines as to how you would address that. Okay. So you can reach out to Jawe directly for some more support. Yeah. It's a hard question to answer. And migraines are definitely one of the more difficult things to treat Uh, naturally. Yeah. I would agree. I've suffered since I was a little girl with migraines. Oh, it's yeah. a rough one. Um, any other questions from the folks who are joining us today? You're welcome to unmute or again, chat, as I said, if there's more questions you have for Jawe. Jawe, how can 
I'm going to share it all in the notes, but if you want to just say it out loud, how can folks find you if they want to work with you one-on-one? Um, yeah, I am at the store behind the counter. Now I've changed my days, Mondays and Wednesdays, but I also, um, you can reach out to me via email um, through the website, Remedy Garden Botanicals at Gmail to book an appointment. I've been doing Zoom lately um, appointments um, as well as in person, but with masks in my small clinic room. Um, and you can find me, you can sign up for our newsletter on the website, which is remedygarden.com. Or if you want to just, you know, have a quick over the counter, I'm there on Mondays and Wednesdays, you can stop by and get some herbs or whatever you may need. Um, but for more lengthy consultations, we, we set up an appointment usually via email or phone call. Yeah. Great. And for those of you who don't know, Remedy Garden, if you've not been there, it's downtown Nevada City right up the road from Ike's, I guess is a good way to yeah. say that. <laughs> it's in that big parking lot. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, pretty much at the entrance of the parking lot in right. the back on Commercial Street. It's a little bit out of the way there, tucked away. But um, yeah, come in. We have so many herbs and remedies. We also have like a, actually, we have a new wellness syrup um, made by a company in Sonoma County, and that's for kids. Um, no alcohol, tastes fantastic. It has elderberry in it. And we have like vitamin D gummies and yeah, a whole bunch of what the herbs that I just mentioned. Um, all ready for you elderberry syrup kits so yeah and we have uh i think two or three hundred homeopathic remedies there too i think i have found the hard to find remedies there yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) great thank you so much jawi it's always a joy to have you at the nest we love that you come and share your wisdom with us and i'm definitely going to get in touch with your to host your class so look forward to that soon Um, and thank you again yay thanks katie you've been listening to the nest on tap for more talks about pregnancy and parenting visit us online at thenestfamilyresource.com on facebook at the nest childbirth postpartum and parenting and on instagram at thenest.nc